Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OTS venue, man. You know, I find it funny, man. I really find it funny how all of these copy and paste merchants on social media now all of a sudden want to be uh, Ronda Rousey fans, man. Oh. Everybody's a Ronda Rousey fan now. Why, why? Why? Why did everybody change their tune on Ronda Rousey all of a sudden? I don't, I don't get it. What? Why? Why are we Ronda Rousey fans? Uh, you know, it, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Ever since Elon starts paying on Twitter, man, people just out here saying anything, and then not knowing people have receipts. For all of the hate and the indifference towards Ronda Rousey. Is Ronda Rousey signed to AEW? Fuck if I know. I hope not. I'm going to keep that same energy. You guys know I'm going to keep that same energy, man. I ain't going nowhere with uh, Ronda Rousey. You guys know, man. I got to bring the fucking joke out of retirement, man. She's my favorite Pokemon. Drowsy. We're going to talk... Kazuchika Okada as well. I don't believe this one, man. Triple H and WWE all of a sudden want Kazuchika Okada. It's interesting. Why does WWE want Kazuchika Okada? I, again, fuck if I know, man. It's fucking weird, man. It's weird out here in the IWC. Also, uh, I see a lot of people crying that Will Ospreay is the surprise announcement, the surprise signing tonight at Full Gear. I don't know. He's only the best fucking pro wrestler in the entire world. I mean, you got a problem with that? AEW fans disappointed in it. It's not a big surprise or they ruined the surprise. And then the WWE side, oh, well, he's, uh, he's not that big of a deal. Sure he ain't. Sure he ain't. He's only the best fucking pro wrestler on the face of the planet. Anyway, thank you guys for joining me on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Hopefully I sound okay. This wireless mic, man. This is, D this is a DJI wireless microphone, man. Hopefully it sounds good. We got drinks. Jesse's not here. He'll be with me tonight, man. He's uh, prepping a new menu. I don't know what's on the menu. Hopefully it doesn't poison you. We got drinks. We got food. We got pro wrestling. You got me. You got off the scripts. 
Let's do this thing on this Saturday afternoon, man. Thank you guys for joining me here on Off The Script. Let's get into the fucking news, huh? I tell you, man, that that uh, that music upstairs is really nice, man. I mean, holy shit, holy shit! I don't know who who hired the jazz band here, bro. I didn't have anything to do with that. Oh, it was Jesse's recommendation. Wow, man, Jesse's got taste. Imagine that. Yeah, a little too much, a little too much trumpets in the uh, in the band upstairs, man. We got to tone that down. Anyway, guys, thank you so very much for joining me here on your Saturday afternoon. This is OTS Live for November 18th, 2023. We are going to get into everything we need to get into, man. Ronda Rousey, Kazuchika Okada. We got some major plans for a major WWE feud happening in 2024. Who will it be with? We will talk about that as well. We'll talk Will Ospreay. We'll talk All In. There's some major news on All In. We got a lot to go over, man. And I want to thank you guys very much for joining me here on your Saturday afternoons, wherever you may be. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram. TikTok. And the Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell. For all notifications, make sure you guys go check out all the other content. Jesse and I were live on Friday night. Yes, he joined me for a SmackDown post show. Believe it or not, Jesse talking WWE with me, man. And we had a uh, we had a great time. Lots of great discussions. Go check that out. It's on the homepage. It'll be hitting iTunes and Spotify immediately after I'm done here. Tonight, Jesse and I will be live for full year. Lots to talk about tonight. I am going to take a fucking nap after this live stream is over because I know it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. But Jesse and I will be live as soon as the show goes off the air. Follow me on social media, like I said. Subscribe. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And memberships, always accepting VIPs here, man, on Off The Script. Get your memberships in. Emotes, early uploads. Some cool shit, man. We got the best-looking emotes in the community. What else do we got? We got anything anything else on the uh, itinerary of things to talk about? No? No? Okay. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Doc, I don't know why I try anymore, man. I if Why do I even try? Why do I even try? Ronda Rousey. Now, the situation with Ronda is 
Jesse and I talked about this during the live stream last night, and believe me, it, it is something that I don't really care for at the end of the day. I don't, and I don't really find this to be as big of a deal as people are talking about, but it is in the news, and obviously we have to give our opinion on it because... Nobody really expected this to happen, especially with Ronda Rousey. It was last night where AEW had Collision and Rampage go head-to-head with Friday Night SmackDown. Two hours of Collision went direct head-to-head with SmackDown and then Rampage on at its normal 10 o'clock time slot. Both shows were live. Both shows were decent. It was what happened during the Ring of Honor tapings. That's a long fucking night for those people, man. Holy shit. After Rampage went off the air, Ring of Honor started taping their shit. You had to sit there for how long? Over four hours of AEW, Collision, Rampage, and then Ring of Honor. Couldn't be me, man. Couldn't be me. As soon as Collision was over, I'd be leaving the building, finding the nearest cocktail bar. It was then Ronda Rousey showed up. Now, a little... Backstory here with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey actually was in Los Angeles already. She was in Los Angeles. She worked for Sammy Callahan's Wrestling Revolver. They had their biggest show ever on Thursday night. Ronda teamed with Marina Shafir. You guys know how much I love Marina, right? Oh, man, Marina. Ronda teamed with Marina against Athena who's the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, and Billy Starks. Ronda apparently looked like old Ronda. Renewed, focused, intense. No ball and chain on Ronda Rousey. Great. People were already claiming, oh, Ronda Rousey looks better than ever. I'm sorry, did you watch the show? I mean, everybody was basing this off of a 20-second clip on social media. Now, I didn't watch the show yet. I was planning on watching the show because I love Sammy Callahan and what he does, man. I believe in his product. But Ronda showing up didn't really mean much of anything on Thursday night. It was going into Friday where WrestleVotes put out a tweet. And he heard from people that he knows within the know that Ronda was backstage at AEW Collision. And I'm, oh my God. Ronda Rousey backstage at Collision. That's not much of anything, man. She's probably there visiting friends, right? Then we get the news. Jesse and I were live last night. Ronda showed up at the end of the Rampage tapings and during the Ring of Honor portion was on the Ring of Honor tapings. I don't know what she did. I don't really care what she did. I don't care where she's going. But apparently everybody thinks that Tony Khan signed Ronda Rousey to Ring of Honor. Now, I want to preface this by saying Ring of Honor and AEW are the same thing. So if you're telling me Ronda signed with Ring of Honor, Ronda signed with AEW. No doubt about it. Ronda Rousey... Signed with AEW if she's working with Ring of Honor. They're the same fucking thing. 
Nobody's going to tell me otherwise. When you got Ring of Honor TV all over Dynamite and Ring of Honor TV all over Collision on a weekly basis, you had your television champion relinquish his title on Wednesday's Dynamite. You had AEW talent holding the six-man Ring of Honor tag team titles. They are one in the same. A AEW talent right now in Eddie Kingston is holding the Ring of Honor World Championship. They are one in the same. So I don't want to hear any backlash from people. Oh, well, oh, well. Ron just signed a Ring of Honor contract, J.D. No, she signed an AEW contract. You fucking half-witted fool. It's the same thing. Who owns the company? Does somebody else own Ring of Honor that I don't know of? Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor. Tony Khan is the boss. Ring of Honor and AEW are the same thing. Now, the news states that the tag team match that I just mentioned, that Pro Wrestling Revolver, went to a no contest. Clearly. Can't have your Ring of Honor Women's Champion and Billy Starks, who everybody's high on, lose, right? Ronda's not going to take a pin. That's why I don't like those indie matches, man. House of Glory is usually stuck with that thing, and it's not House of Glory's fault. When we borrow talent that is of a bigger name, they can't lose. Great. Why book the match in the first place? I can't stand it. Ronda Rousey has wrestled twice since leaving WWE after losing to Shayna Baszler at SummerSlam in one of the worst matches of all time. It's not clear if the match in Ring of Honor is a one-off or if she has signed a deal. Now, I don't know who she wrestled, and I don't know what she's doing, but the rumor is that Tony Khan is bringing her in to wrestle Athena at the Ring of Honor Final Battle pay-per-view in December. I'll get to that in a second. Now, if Ronda Rousey is signed to a Ring of Honor contract, (laughs) AEW contract, then it is likely a strategy to help boost Ring of Honor. Now, why would Tony Khan want to help boost Ring of Honor? Well, he's shopping Ring of Honor to Max. And he wants Ring of Honor to, to have a home. He wants Ring of Honor to find a home. And he wants AEW's video backlog and video catalog and everything Ring of Honor to be on one place, on one app. He wants one destination for pro wrestling fans to go and jerk off to. It's exactly what Tony Khan wants. If he's bringing Ronda in to build Ring of Honor, it is merely a strategy to help enhance the brand, to sell the brand to Max. That's all he's doing. Now, if Ronda, and this is the part that I don't believe, I don't know what Ronda wants to do. Ronda's going to do whatever Ronda wants to do. If Ronda tells Tony Khan, hey, I just want to come in and fucking have a couple matches, fine. Innocent enough, right? If Ronda says, hey, Tony, I want to come in for six months. I want to help Ring of Honor. I don't mind helping you out if we could get the deal done where you get Max to take both Ring of Honor and AEW. I would gladly help you out. And Tony Khan obviously would bend over fucking backwards to give Ronda Rousey whatever she wants. I mean, 
If she's doing him that favor, Tony Khan is going to repay that right back to Ronda Rousey in whatever she wants, whether it's financially, whether it's who she wants to work with, how she wants to be, what she wants to do. Ronda Rousey has a clean slate. It's like a blank canvas, like an artist having a blank canvas or a musician having a blank piece of fucking paper before he even writes or pens a song. Ronda Rousey is that to Ring of Honor if that's what she wants to do. If Ronda wants to come in and work AEW, Tony Khan is going to put Ronda Rousey on television. Now, that's the part I don't really believe. Do you think if Ronda is in this thing for an extended period of time and it's not a one-off, you don't think that Tony Khan is going to get the itch to put Ronda Rousey on AEW television? That could be a good thing. It could be a good thing. But this is where I come in. This is where I give you guys the fucking truth of the matter. Like my guy Drew wants to say on Tuesday night, here's the deal. Ronda, I don't give a fuck who tells me what. Ronda has zero name value. Zero. That last WWE run did more harm than you really understand. Than anyone realizes. That last WWE run fucked Ronda Rousey. I don't give a shit about Ronda. I actually did give a shit about Ronda because you want to know why? Ronda held that women's division in her first run on that WrestleMania run where she wrestled Becky and Charlotte, which should have been Becky and not Charlotte, at WrestleMania 35. Ronda was fucking incredible during that run. And if you don't think so, I'm going to have to ask you to kindly leave. Ronda held that entire division Ronda made everybody better. Like when Ronda came in, she was, she, that was, oh my God, Ronda Rousey's here, right? I don't believe what I'm watching. She learned along the way. She was, she was fueled. She was intense. She wanted to be there. And then something happened the second run and WWE, I don't know what happened. Didn't give her the free reign to do what she wanted to do. She didn't get to work with who she wanted to work with. It was like pulling teeth to do this and do that and get the women this and get the women that and put this woman over and put that woman over. WWE seemingly handcuffed Ronda Rousey to basically being just another name on the roster. I couldn't really tell the difference between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey the second go around because that's how that's how fucking worthless Ronda Rousey became. Shayna Baszler wasn't even being booked the right way had just as much name value as Ronda Rousey. There was a clear difference in the first go-around. The second go-around, I can't really say that much. WWE didn't really do much with her. She acted like she didn't want to be there. She came off as like, whatever, sloppy in the ring, didn't get any better. She actually got worse. I don't know what that did to Ronda. I don't know what WWE management did to Ronda. I don't know what they held back from her. But clearly, it was a woman on TV who did not want to be there and was simply there for a paycheck. Now, she could realistically be here for a paycheck. Who knows? Ronda still wants to use what she has in as far as name value goes and get whatever she can if she wants to do this pro wrestling thing. Maybe she realizes she can't do the MMA thing anymore. And this is her new career. I don't know what she wants to do. If I was to take a stab in the night... I would say Ronda wants to get her fucking wrestling kicks out of the way, go home, make babies, and then sit home for a little bit and then maybe get back to UFC. Maybe. Or maybe she's just done. And she just wants to go home and and have a bigger family. I, I don't know what she wants to do.
That's going to be up to her, whatever she wants. But bringing Ronda into AEW, I don't see that as a, I don't want to say it's a sound business move because I'm not really here to, I'm not really here to talk about business. I'll give you, I'll give you the, little, the little simplistic aspects of the business. But from my point of view and what we do, we are a pro wrestling podcast that focuses on creative. AEW is no longer the alternative. They're not. AEW, I'm not telling them to stop signing ex-WWE talent, but when most of your television is comprised of of ex-WWE talent, AEW is no longer the alternative anymore. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. They're not. A lot of people want to ask, well, why is AEW cold? Why is AEW creatively not hitting? I don't know. That's their own fucking problem. That's another topic for a different day. Creative and and why they're cold, yes, go hand in hand, but it's not the primary reason why. Because they do got some stories on television. They do got two of the biggest angles in pro wrestling right now happening on their television show. It's not all creative. Why are ticket sales down? Why are people losing interest? Where's the... Where's the buzz online? Tony Khan has to manufacture buzz by hyping up announcements that fall flat on their face and hype up major signings to get people to buy pay-per-views and ticket sales for all in on sale 10 months before the show actually happens and all this other nonsense. Major announcement here. We got a major thing here. Tournament here. Continental Classic. Owen Hart Cup. Whatever, man. Whatever. It's like a fucking... It's like a a major league pitcher who does nothing but throw fucking fastballs right down the pipe. Eventually, 
people are going to pick up on what you're doing and you're not going to be a starting pitcher for long. He'll be sitting on the fucking bench while everything knocking out of the park, man. Come on. The opposite team is going to be hitting dingers left and right because they know to expect your fucking fastball because that's all you know. Throw me a curveball every now and then, Tony. Throw me a fucking changeup. Something. AEW is not the alternative anymore. Bringing people like Ronda in may be good for a one-off. But what is that going to do long-term? It will do nothing long-term. Ronda's not going to help your women's division. I'm flat out telling you right now. If you think she is, you're a fucking idiot. She did nothing for WWE's women's division after the first run. Division was fucking worthless. It still is worthless. Triple H is now trying to fix whatever Vince McMahon did in the last administration. And that's going to take him one hell of a long time to fix what Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard and John Laurinaitis did to that women's division. Ronda is not going to come in and help AEW's women's division. You know what's going to help the women's division? Maybe giving us a solid fucking story or three on television with some of the talent that you are building up from within. Not bringing in Ronda Rousey. You want to get Ring of Honor and AEW on max? Fine. Use Ronda Rousey. If she's up for it, pay her. Whatever. But bringing Ronda to television opens up Pandora's box. How many more ex-WWE talent is Tony Khan going to take? How much AEW talent is going to be comprised of WWE rejects? Hand-me-downs from the last couple of years. Not only are they not the alternative, because whatever you're doing... Triple H was doing before AEW was a thing. Now, granted, yeah, NXT was basically a super indie. Black and gold was basically Ring of Honor fucking on steroids. But Triple H was doing that before AEW. Now AEW is trying to be the alternative. Meanwhile, Triple H is now running the main roster. And whatever game you're playing, Triple H is going to play it that much better. He's going to come at you harder than you ever thought Vince McMahon would come at you. So you're not the alternative anymore because what we see on Dynamite, I could go watch WWE main roster and get the same thing. Great pro wrestling, luchadors, Dragon Lee and Axiom had a banger last night on SmackDown. You don't think that was done by design? I'll get to that in a little bit. You're not the alternative anymore. And bringing in ex-WWE hand-me-downs is also going to play into the fact that AEW is not the alternative anymore. Because the more you bring in that were over there where they sucked them dry, what are you going to do with them over here that we have not seen over there? What type of money are you going to make with them that they haven't made? What fan is going to want to come see Dolph Ziggler? Or Mustafa Ali in AEW when they didn't even give a shit about them over there. Is it a name? Sure. Are they great? Absolutely. But the more you do that, AEW 
moves further and further and further away from being the alternative. Because at that point, you start taking all of your homegrown talent or all of your young stars that were the alternative. Hey, I'm going to watch this promotion and I'm going to watch this guy or this girl and I'm going to watch this because I can't see them anywhere else. Meanwhile, you're bringing in Ronda, Dolph, Ali, Keith Lee, who else? Fucking uh, your mother, your sister, your father, all these different fucking people. Meanwhile, they all had their time on WWE television. I saw them over there. If I want to go watch that, I'll go watch that. If I want to watch AEW, I want to want I want to watch what makes AEW special. MJF, Darby, Sammy, so on and so forth. Takeshita, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson are the you know ones that are excluded here. Because never going to complain when they're on TV. Swerve is killing it. Absolutely destroying it. Love it. How many people are you going to end up with that were over there at one point or another? Bring them over here and then lessen the value and the identity of AEW. That's the problem. That's the problem I have with Ronda Rousey coming over here. On top of Rondon doing nothing over there for their women's division, I don't really know what to expect or what you think the fans are going to expect if Ronda ends up over here. It's not like you've done anything to enhance the women's division without Ronda Rousey. What are you going to do with Ronda here? Is Ronda coming in for a one-off? Maybe. It may be nothing. This may be a dead story by next week. If she wants to do a one-off and wants to do a couple of matches, get it out of her system, go home, make babies, fine, great, goodbye. If Ronda wants to come in for six months and work Ring of Honor, fine, nobody's going to give a shit. What Ronda's doing is lessening her name value if she ever wants to do this again. Ronda working Ring of Honor was not on anybody's bingo card, and Ronda Rousey working Ring of Honor is going to be looked at as a fucking joke by most of the people watching pro wrestling. Because let's be real, Ring of Honor holds no value in any circle. Zero. Ring of Honor is worthless. Ring of Honor is basically AEW dark on most weeks. If you enjoy it, great. I'm not wasting my time with thrown together matches randomly on TV that mean nothing to nobody. Ring of Honor is never going to be able to capture whatever magic they had because Triple H sucked it dry. And when AEW was created, it was basically Ring of Honor Reborn. Now Ring of Honor is basically a subsidiary of AEW and they are a shell of its former self. No way ever are they going to regain the magic that they once had. No way are they going to be the place where people want to go, build themselves up, and then get looked at by WWE or Impact or, or New Japan. It's not that type of place anymore. It's basically a indie. It's basically a indie graveyard. Whoever makes it out alive, great. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Ronda working Ring of Honor, to me, right now, is a one-off. We don't really know. If she wants to put over Athena, great. Great. If it's going to build pay-per-view buys, hey, we got Ronda wrestling Athena on this show. Let's do it. If it means 
A couple of thousand buys for Tony Khan off of a dead brand? Great. It's a good business move. Fronda wants to say goodbye after that. No harm, no foul. See you later. Thanks for coming. I'll commend Ronda Rousey for continuing to do this pro wrestling thing because after WWE, I thought she was done. That's the one thing I will praise about Ronda Rousey. She's still doing this fucking thing when she doesn't have to. So at the end of the day, seemingly feels like Ronda Rousey does love professional wrestling. That, that I appreciate. That I, that I respect greatly. But if you think she's going to help AEW television, if that's the case, if you think if she's going to be there for an extended period of time longer than this little one-off, you don't think Tony Khan's going to bring her to television? That's a dangerous move, man. A dangerous move. A move that's going to get eyebrow raises and eye rolls. Tony Khan needs to understand that the more you do this, you are no longer the alternative. Don't try and take Rhonda and do something with her in the mind of, hey, I'm going to do with Rhonda what WWE couldn't do with Rhonda. No. No. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. People are going to kind of moan and groan over bringing Ronda in because a signing like that is just the opposite of what you claim to be. And I don't want to see that happen for for AEW. I don't. If it's a one-off, great. And, and like Jesse said last night when we talked about this, you know, it is definitely a wait and see. I'm not ready to praise Ronda. I'm not sitting here hoping Ronda comes to AEW, I don't want to sit here and claim that she's a game changer. She's not a game changer. She will never be a game changer. There is nobody that is a game changer. CM Punk wasn't even a game changer for AEW television in the metrics. Because if he did, and he was, Collision wouldn't have been where it was. It's just the fact of the matter. He was a game changer in other different aspects as far as pay-per-view buys, feeling of television, the emotion of television. Things like that were a clear difference with Punk there. I don't think any of that is going to change with Ronda Rousey there. I don't think anything of that is going to be enhanced with Ronda Rousey there. We will keep a close eye on this, man. I'm not expecting much out of this, but... Again, let's take it day by day. If she wrestles Athena, great. I might have to tune in for that because I'm a fan of Athena. And Athena works fucking stiff. So a match between them may actually end up being a banger. So we'll see if Ronda wants to help Ring of Honor. We'll see what Tony Khan has planned. Apparently, he paid for the rights for uh, Joan Jett and her theme song. She's got graphics. She had her ring gear. This isn't something that came about on the day of. She talked to somebody there, and plans were made to incorporate her into the Ring of Honor show. We will keep a close eye on it, man, but I'm not really holding my breath for Ronda Rousey making a huge difference in AEW. All in. I was at All In, man. Unbelievable spectacle. I've never been around that many people in my entire life. Now, when I got back to the United States, I was sick as a dog for six days. Thanks, Wembley. But I had a great time. Had a great time in London. I hope to be back there in 2024. AEW All In. 
set the second highest pay-per-view buy rate record in company history. Great job. Now, this show was synonymous with being the biggest in AEW history. They claim it was the biggest in pro wrestling history. The show opened with CM Punk, and nobody knew that that show would be his last match in AEW. He went over Samoa Joe in the opening contest, and he retained the world heavyweight title, the fake one. And in the main event, Adam Cole failed to beat MJF. Tremendous main event between those two. Over 70,000 at the turnstile entered Wembley Stadium. It's already been confirmed that All In 2 is happening Sunday, August 25th. Pre-sale tickets go on sale November 27th. That's next week. And that is before the general on sale of December 1st. Now, while speaking on the AEW Full Gear media call on Thursday, which I was not invited to, even though I'm on the media list, I wonder why. Khan announced that All In ended up at 200,000 buys on pay-per-view. The show was the most, per- the most purchased AEW event of 2023 and the biggest since last year's double or nothing. On top of that, AEW has a long-term plan for All In. Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter stated, and I quote, the idea and the long-term vision is to do All In at Wembley every year in late August on a Sunday of the holiday weekend. They're looking to make this their WrestleMania. Basically is what Dave Meltzer is saying. That is a very dangerous move. I don't understand why Tony Khan is so obsessed with having these marquee shows on holiday weekends to have it be their thing for AEW. Oh, we need to have All Out in Chicago. Oh, we need to have Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. Oh, we need to have All In every year now at Wembley. You do realize that burnout is real. I don't know how you guys feel about attending something like this. You know, I've always been told throughout my entire pro wrestling fandom, hey man, have you ever been to a WrestleMania? No, I've never been to a WrestleMania. Well, why not? It's a once in a lifetime deal, pal. You gotta go. No, actually, I don't have to go because I don't really want to pay money to go see a subpar show. WrestleMania isn't really known to being the best wrestling show on the face of the planet. Before Triple H took over, it was one of the worst events of the entire year. Why would I want to pay money to watch subpar WWE Pro Wrestling? All because it's WrestleMania, pal. No. I'm sorry. What, so I get rained on? So what, I got the sun beating down on me? So I sit there and I got one big fucking beam or lights blinding me for seven hours? No, no thank you. No, thank you. I'll watch from the comfort of my own home with a fucking hot coffee in my hand. The burnout will be real. I wish Tony Khan, I wish Tony Khan would get it through his head that fans don't want to go to Las Vegas every year to watch Double or Nothing. 
Finns don't want to go to Wembley to watch All In every year. They don't. There are no other large stadiums abroad that you could hold All In at. I don't understand that. How are you going to make it your WrestleMania when it's destined to be in one location at the same place every fucking year? WrestleMania is WrestleMania. Nothing will be like WrestleMania. Do you want to know why? Because there is demand everywhere else in the United States and abroad to have WrestleMania take place within that city, that state, or that country. People are paying out the asshole to get WrestleMania into their city because of what it does for the economy. It is a brand that has 40 years of equity built behind it. All In has zero. One show. Your first show was a bet online on Twitter between Cody Rhodes and Dave Meltzer to fill 10,000 seats. Now you did 70. Do you think you're going to get 70 every single year? That's going to be one hell of a mountain to climb, TK. Let me tell you right now. There's going to be burnout. You're going to keep this show away from people that want to go, but that are not able to go. How many families here in the United States want to attend this show, but got to pay for flight, airfare, and then fucking a whole holiday weekend over in the United Kingdom, man? Before you know it, a family of four or a family of five is going to be fucking 40000 in the hole just to attend this one fucking show. Meanwhile, you can't bring the fucking show here because you know the demand for AEW is not the same that it was in year one or year two. So you're keeping it over there where you know the fan base is hungry, where you know the fan base is going to do whatever they, they have to do to get there. Rabid fans. How many times a year do they get an event like this? Sometimes they go a whole year without getting an event like this. But in my honest opinion, burnout is real. You know what else is going to be a problem? You think you think filling 70,000 seats is easy? Now, granted, they did that because it was the first time. Oh, my God, AEW is coming to the United Kingdom for the first time. I got to be there. Great. But the more you do it, The more you do something, the less attractive it's going to be. Again, I always use the analogy, if I ate, this this is a terrible fucking analogy, but you and I, I know you love pizza. I love pizza or pasta, right? If I had pasta or pizza seven days out of the week for dinner, would I do it? Sure. But am I going to enjoy pasta and pizza The way that I do now, if I have it, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then right back to Monday. There's no variety. There's no variety. You could maybe put a different sauce on top. Maybe one day is a ragu sauce, meat sauce, Alfredo sauce, vodka sauce, no sauce, a butter sauce. How about a uh, a, a fucking... uh, One of my favorite dishes is a butter sage sauce with pumpkin ravioli. Mix it up. 
But at the end of the day, it's still fucking pasta. How much pasta can one eat? How many pieces of pizza can one eat? All right, Monday we'll have mushroom pizza. Tuesday we'll have pepperoni. Wednesday we'll have plain cheese. Maybe Thursday we'll have veggie. Maybe Friday we'll have pineapple. At the end of the day, it's still fucking pizza. Your love for pizza is not going to be the same if you keep it to a once a month deal. Pizza. Why would somebody want to ruin that? AEW, the more they do Wembley, by year three, year four, people are going to be like, all right, I've seen this already. It's not the same anymore. It's not. It's not going to be the same. And the other thing is, you don't think Tony Khan is thinking already? Now, this may be one of those conspiracy theories, man, but uh, if I know Tony Khan, Tony Khan's like me, man. I wear my heart on my fucking sleeve. People know when I'm thinking something. People know when I'm feeling something, man. It's written all over my fucking face on the sound of my voice, the tone of my voice. You don't think Tony Khan is already thinking about WWE you know, you don't you you go back to Money in the Bank. You don't think Tony Khan was fucking having his ear to the television, listening to John Cena lobby and rally for a WrestleMania in the United Kingdom? Why did that happen, man? Why did that happen? Because AEW was set to have the biggest pro wrestling show of all time in Wembley, and WWE already knew this, and now they started to get the troops in order to rally for a United Kingdom WrestleMania when we've been asking for something like that for 20 fucking years now. That John Cena appearance at Money in the Bank in the United Kingdom at the O2, I believe they were, was a direct answer to All In and Tony Khan selling the amount of tickets that he did pre-sale without announcing one fucking match. Fact. You don't think Tony Khan is aware of that? You don't think that Tony Khan has it in the back of his head that WWE, if there is one year where he doesn't run Wembley, you don't think WWE is going to run Wembley? If, for example, Tony Khan doesn't run 2025 all in at Wembley, you don't think WWE is going to magically create an event? Ah, we got... Clash at the Castle 2 at Wembley Stadium. You don't think WWE is going to go out there and break AEW's record? Tony Khan takes this record to bed with him every night and sleeps with it under his pillow. That's how valuable that record is to Tony Khan. If Tony Khan lost that record, if he lost that all-in record, Somebody keep an eye on Tony Khan. We might have to have Tony Khan on suicide watch. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Fact. That's why he's doing it every year. That's the idea. The long-term idea is to do it every year. Yet, you know, everybody says, oh, well, Tony Khan, all he does is think about WWE. Meanwhile, he should be running his own fucking business, his own show, and making what he has to do there better. This is why people rag on him. That's the case. It's going to be a very, very, very difficult sell for AEW to have all in at Wembley every single year. I know for a fact I'm not going every year. I won't be going every year. I'm thinking about going next year. After that, I'm like, all right, enough is enough already. 
What are you going to do next year? What are you going to do in 25 and 26 that we haven't seen already? Branch out. Try it here in the United States. You'll be pleasantly surprised if you do 50,000 in a stadium that seats 90. Is that a bad deal? I don't think that's a bad deal. You want All In to be your WrestleMania? Great. For that to happen, you can't have it at Wembley every single year because you're fucking terrified of the big bad boogeyman, Triple H, coming into your fucking stadium and breaking your all-time record because you know they will. Moving on. Will Ospreay. I guess that's a nice segue, being that we're talking about the United Kingdom. Will Ospreay. His name is in the news lately. Will Ospreay is the man everybody's pointing the finger at. He's the guy that Tony Khan is going to unveil tonight as the new signing for all elite wrestling. Tony Khan announced earlier this week that a new star would be joining AEW full-time as AEW has agreed to terms with one of the world's best wrestlers who is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. Great. No, it's not Ronda. No, it's not Kota Ibushi. No, it's not Bill Goldberg. Stop. No, it's not Dolph Ziggler. No, it's not Mustafa Ali. And no, it's not Matt Riddle. The WWE talent can't sign anywhere until December 29th. Goldberg is awful. And who else did I mention? Ronda? No. Coda? He already got an all elite graphic. Why would he announce this on Twitter and then also put on Twitter, Kota Ibushi is now all elite? Yes, please, let's give us another Christian Cage moment when he debuted. Now, this person will be a full gear to sign their contract, but no further hints were given. Speculation has run wild since then with names like Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali, Shelton Benjamin. No. No, Shelton Benjamin is not one of the greatest pro wrestlers in the world. Not at this age. And others possibly joining the promotion. 90-day non-compete. None of these men will be signing with AEW. Now, the other name that it could potentially be is Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks. She's also been rumored due to many expecting her to sign with AEW before she got injured earlier this year. Now, Mercedes is a wild card. I don't know if she signed the contract. I don't know what her status is. Mercedes is very private. She was injured. We don't know the severity of the injury. We never did. We don't know what the status of the injury is. When she was at All In, she was a honored guest of Tony Khan. One would have to think that if Tony Khan put her on television with a nameplate graphic that they got some business relationship going on. We don't know if she's walking around with that boot that she had because she broke her ankle. Apparently at All In, she was still walking around with that walking boot. As far as I know, from what I've been told, Mercedes is on her way to AEW. I don't know if it's going to be tonight. We could see Will Ospreay and Mercedes uh, Monet tonight. I don't know. I don't know where she debuts, but from my understanding, she will be landing in AEW. Now, there is a small chance 
that the deal doesn't go through and that Mercedes ends up back in WWE because Triple H, with what you see him doing on television, it's almost like he's bringing the best of the women's division or the best of the women's, uh, you know, world of pro wrestling into WWE. Maybe he knows that he wants Sasha Banks back. Hey, listen, you know, uh, the old man's gone. I'm doing things now. Come on back. It's safe to come on back. You know, we got all this for you. Look at what we're doing. Charlotte's not the champion. We got no plans for Charlotte to be the champion. Bianca's not even the champion. Becky is not even the champion. We got Rhea. We got EO. Hey, come on. It's different. It's different. For now. Maybe she lands back in WWE, man. I don't know. Would I hate that? No. I miss the woman on television. I just want the fucking woman on television. That's all I want. Whether it's with WWE, AEW, whatever the case may be. Andrew Zarian. He reported on the Matt Men podcast this week that he was told Will Ospreay would be revealed as the signing. This would be a big get for AEW as Ospreay has interest from WWE. Andrew Zarian, who's pretty, pretty spot on about this. He's never going to release something or divulge something unless he knows he is completely sure or confident that it is. I was told Will Ospreay, he stated. That's a big deal. Huge deal because WWE was actively pursuing him. Will make the fans happy. Wrestler of the year. Big international star is Will Ospreay. The WWE fucking geeks who are claiming, oh, well, uh, uh, Will Ospreay's overrated, man. He's not a big deal, man. Another indie guy, man. Go fucking chase taillights on the highway, you fucking idiot. Seriously. Will Ospreay is the best pro wrestler in the entire world right now. You want to claim that Gunther is? I'm not going to have any argument with you. You want to claim Kenny Omega is? I'm not going to have any argument with you. Brian Danielson, MJF, he's my personal number one this year, just with the body of work that he's done as the world champion this year. But Will Ospreay, nobody, nobody has done what he's done this year. Nobody. The level of shit that he's done Everywhere he's been, whether it's Impact or on the Indies or in New Japan or in AEW. I mean, the guy's been everywhere and had a five-star match everywhere he's been. So please tell me how it's not a big fucking signing. No, but if he landed in WWE, we'd never hear the fucking end of it. We got him. We stole him from Tony Khan. Meanwhile, you don't even know how to spell Osprey. Now all of a sudden you hear, oh, he sucks. Oh, he's overrated. Oh, he's not good. Oh, blah, this and that. Who cares? He can't cut a promo. If you listen to the man speak and know what the fucking man's about, you'd know he knows how to cut a promo. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. With that amount of money that they are paying him, they better know what the fuck they're doing with him. That's all I say. That's all I have to ask. What are you doing with him? Is he going to factor into something big? 
They already announced Wembley for next year and seemingly for the next fucking three, four years. Maybe he wins a world championship in AEW at Wembley. Maybe it's MJF versus Will Ospreay. Maybe MJF loses the title and it's Will Ospreay versus Swerve Strickland. Maybe it's Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega in the main event. Maybe it's Will Ospreay versus Adam Cole in the main event. Will Ospreay versus John Moxley. Who knows? Will Ospreay joining AEW is a big fucking deal. Now, there were reports. I didn't report it. I mean, I did, but it wasn't my right. I didn't go out there and seek the news. I didn't uncover this. I didn't speak to sources that I have within the business, right? Nobody told me shit. I only reported what Meltzer and Sapp and everybody else reported. The rumor was that Will Ospreay's contract was not due till February 2024. Okay. He would start negotiations then. He has work to do in New Japan until then. I am very curious how this all materialized, if this is what the process is. Now, I know New Japan and AEW have a working relationship. I know that New Japan, as of this week, blessed Will Ospreay to go and negotiate with whoever he wants. I mean, that's a great partnership there. That is great respect from employer to employee. Look at the amount of work. Look at the fucking years that Will Ospreay shed off of his life to give to New Japan. The least that they could do. Hey, you want to go negotiate? I know you're looking elsewhere. Go ahead. And at the end of the day, if that is the case, Will Ospreay sees that and says, these people fucking care about me. They love me. This is a fucking great place to work. I don't want to go anywhere else. Hey, Tony, let's make a deal. I want to stay with New Japan. I want New Japan to have some part of what I do here. I don't want to go to WWE where they're going to tell me I can't work New Japan. I can't work the Wrestle, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom shows. I can't work Tokyo Dome. I want to sit down with you. Let's come up with a deal. They gave me the blessing to talk to whoever I want. I'm coming to you. I want to be with AEW. I want to still have my hand in New Japan. I want to remain loyal to this family for what they've done to me. They're giving back to me now to do whatever I want. Let's get it done. Was that the way that it materialized? If that's the case, good on Will Ospreay. You don't find many people that are that loyal to anything nowadays. So that's amazing if that is the case. My thing is, on Tony Khan, if it didn't work out that way, how how determined was Tony Khan to get this deal done before he even sits down with WWE? Now, WWE may have been offering him whatever. They may have given him an offer already. I don't know if he's received offers from any other people at all yet, but I'm assuming he did because Tony Khan, if he's the name, if he's going to be the guy that shows up at the show tonight, I'm sure he had offers elsewhere and Tony Khan just completely blew the offer out of the water. Hey, stay. I want you to be here. How hungry was Tony Tony Khan to get this deal done knowing that WWE was heavily pursuing Will Ospreay? There's one thing that Tony Khan does not want to have happen. is for him to lose anything or anyone to WWE. 
It's going to be very interesting when MJF is a free agent. What is he going to be able to offer Max that he has not offered Max yet to keep him in AEW? That's going to be the real test. He may end up, he may end up losing Max. The reason why, that's another thing that people need to keep into consideration. He may have gone fucking balls to the wall. He, he may have been James Bond in Casino Royale, all in, legitimately, on Will Ospreay because he knows at some point he's going to lose MJF. And he needs to start thinking ahead. Hey, I'm not going to have Max here, you know, whenever his deal is up. I know I'm going to lose Max. Maybe he's going in with Will Ospreay, all in. I don't know. So it's probably a mixture of Ospreay getting offers from WWE and whoever else. Let's be real. It was only AEW and WWE. The WWE offer was there on the table for him. Tony Khan blew it out of the water because Will Ospreay ultimately wanted to be here. To work AEW, to work with his friends, to be a part of New Japan, to work over there whenever he wanted, to be in a G1, to work the Tokyo Dome. WWE's not going to be able to offer him that. WWE's going to give him all the money in the world. WWE's going to make him a bigger star, no doubt about it. WWE's got WrestleMania and a world championship in the main event against Seth Rollins or whoever, Gunther. It's great. But at the end of the day, the schedule, the taxing, the toll on the body, working 300 days a year where AEW does not go on the road. They don't do house shows. 52 weeks a year. How many weeks of those 52 is Osprey going to work? For the amount of money that he's going to be making with Tony Khan and the less time on his body he needs to be in the ring, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. And this is not going to be something it could very well be. I don't know the state of Will Ospreay's fucking body. I'm not Will Ospreay. But I know the guy is 30 years old and was already contemplating fucking retirement earlier in the year. That doesn't seem like the guy who feels like he's got another 10 years in him. Could this be one of those situations where it's like Jay White? Jay White is, how old is Jay White? Not even 30 years old? Jay White joins AEW for four or five years, builds his stock up, builds his equity up, joins WWE at the prime age of 34, 35 years old. He's still in the fucking heart of his career. He goes over to WWE. WWE gets Jay White as a bigger name than he was when they were looking at him earlier in the year to come on in before WrestleMania. Yeah, Jay White's great. One of the best pro wrestlers on the planet. But who's Jay White? Jay White's doing... Shit now. Bullet Club is one of the best parts of AEW television. Jay White has been tremendous. He's in the main event with MJF later. His stock three, four years from now is going to be higher than it was back in April. So what that's going to do is Jay White's going to command more money. Jay White's going to be more sought after. WWE would be better, would be getting a better Jay White, and Jay White is automatically going to get a better spot on television because of what he's done now in AEW. I don't know if that would be the case coming on in. Jay White would be fucking in the ring with The Miz at Backlash. And people would be complaining, is this the best you got for Jay White, an accomplished fucking pro wrestler? No, when Jay White comes in next time, when his AEW deal is up and if he's contemplating WWE, he's going to come on in and he's going to be demanding Gunther right out of the gate, not the fucking Miz. Is that going to be the same way with Osprey? 
I don't know. Osprey's making a deal that's good for him. You have no say at all what's best for Will Ospreay. Now, in my opinion, I thought Will Ospreay was probably best suited for WWE because of where he is in his career and the body of work that he's putting in. With Triple H in charge, there'd be no doubt in my mind that he'd be going hard after Will Ospreay. Apparently, money and the comfort of his personal life was more important to him. If that is the case, and Will Ospreay is the name, that is going to be announced as the major signing. Now, who else could it be? Mercedes is a possibility. Sammy Callahan is a possibility. He's already in Los Angeles. I expect him to end up with AEW as well at some point. But does Sammy Callahan fit the best pro wrestler in the world tweet? One of the best, one of the world's best wrestlers. Maybe. Sammy Callahan's a main event guy. But I don't think that Sammy Callahan is the guy that Tony Khan's talking about. Can't wait for WWE elitists and shills to fucking cry themselves to to sleep tonight when Will Ospreay shows up at the show, if he does show up, and signs his contract with AEW. How are they going to introduce him? Is he going to start a feud right away? Is he going to make TV right away? I don't know. If he's signing a contract, I would assume he'd be on Dynamite, getting the ball rolling towards World End, or World's End, the pay-per-view in December. Now, Julia... That's another name that WWE has shown massive interest in. She won the New Japan Strong Women's Championship by defeating Willow Nightingale. Willow beat Mercedes for that title. That's when the injury occurred, back in the summer. Despite the interest, New Japan and Julia right now, there's a lot of confusion on what Julia is doing. She is not allowed to sign with anyone, including WWE, after her New Japan deal is up in March. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that Julia has some sort of offer from WWE, and she is close to the people over in stardom and did have a verbal agreement to work with stardom next year. If she goes to WWE and signs an NXT deal, then it could be matched by New Japan. If she signs a main roster deal, which starts at $250,000, That is more than she can make in Japan by a wide margin. WWE is looking at a lot of international talent. They're looking at Osprey. They're looking at Julia. And they're looking also at Kazuchika Okada. Apparently, Okada is now on the radar for WWE as well. Meltzer reported that The Observer has heard some talk as of late regarding Okada. He says the pitch is that he's now 36 years old and he's close with Nakamura and Nakamura has worked years in WWE and it's far easier on his body. The idea is the company is the one thing that he's never done after doing everything in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, the idea here is reportedly that Triple H and WWE want to make World Wrestling Entertainment a safe space for international superstars from Japan, from Mexico, from the United Kingdom who don't really speak English and have a history of being treated poorly, creatively, on the main roster because Vince is a fucking madman. 
He's a full-on, half-witted idiot, Vince McMahon. He never saw any value in any of the Japanese talent or any of the fucking people from the United Kingdom or anywhere where they got some sort of accent. Automatically disqualified from getting any huge push because of the way that they spoke or the way that they looked or if they had a mask on. Vince never appreciated international talent. Triple H appreciates international talent. So he's going to go and change that, and he's looking to change that to lure Will Ospreay, Julia, and Okada into WWE. Now, I don't think Okada signs with WWE. I don't even know when his contract is up. We're talking about it like he's a fucking free agent next uh, next week. I don't think Okada signs with WWE. I think if there's one thing that Okada is going to remain loyal to, it is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe if he wants to work WWE and they work out some sort of deal, maybe he works one match. Maybe. Stranger things have happened. I know back in the day, what's his name? Jushin Thunder Liger worked NXT Brooklyn against uh, Tyler Breeze. That happened. Triple H wanted partnerships with other promotions. Take over, right? Now they're back to that mentality. Now they're back to that mission statement. They want to open up WWE PCs in Mexico and in India and in Japan. NXT Europe is going to be a thing next year, possibly. WWE TakeOver, it's a real thing. Then they moved away from that because they felt like Triple H was getting too heavy-handed in the power department. So they put a stop to that. Now it's back on. But Okada? Man, you're reaching for the stars with that one. I actually kind of respect that. Okada's not going to end up in WWE. I'm sorry. I just don't see that happening. Now, I find it funny how WWE now all of a sudden wants to make... WWE safe space for these Japanese talents to come on in, right? Oh, yeah, look, Shinsuke Nakamura is being booked great, right? Man, it's all right. I mean, Shinsuke's not burning the fucking world down. He's not setting the house on fire on Monday Night Raw. But they've done a lot better with him this heel run than Vince has done with him. So I'll give them that credit. You can't go out there and claim you want to make WWE a safe space for Japanese talent and treat Japanese talent as a big deal and treat them like the stars that they are when you got Akira Tozawa, who's a comedy character and a great pro wrestler in his own right, on TV wearing spandex and a headband and holding shake weights, and he's doing whatever the fuck he's doing on television, man. You can't come on here and tell me that you want Japanese talent to be taken seriously, yet... Tozawa looks like the biggest geek walk in the locker room. So what is everything else regarding Okada and Nakamura and Julia and whoever else you want to bring in? Why is it okay to them? But Tozawa, why is he still treated like a joke? You would think that Tozawa would be treated like the pro wrestler that he is, right? Or am I wrong? I don't really understand that. Nakamura, he's fine. Julia, depends on how EO and Kyrie and Asuka are booked. I mean, there's a lot going on there. I mean, it's just right in your face. Hey, we got 
We got the power trio of fucking strong Japanese women on our show, and they're going to dominate our television. Triple H is going to have them dominate their television. You don't think there's a narrative around that? Hey, Julia, come on in. We know, we know creative is a little bit of a worrisome department. You don't got to worry anymore because the old man's not here. We're going to take care of you. Okada, come on in. We got it over here. Vince is not here anymore. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen next week. It's not going to happen next month. It's not going to happen next year. This is going to be a very long process to whitewash everything that Vince did to that women's division and did to those foreign talents, scare them away. The Lucha House Party. I mean, I vividly remember the Lucha House Party coming out, acting like fucking geeks. Every, every time they were on TV, they were never taken seriously. I mean, you had Eichelman Giro in, in NXT not too long ago. He was there as of uh, this year. <laughs> Jacket time. Now, yeah, let's go get Okada in, in WWE. It's all right. WWE are the king of stereotypes. It's what they do. No, it's not a safe space yet. You haven't earned the right to call yourself a safe space yet. Well, because Triple H is in charge. Now it's a safe space? Bullshit. There's a lot of work to be done. But good on them for reaching for the sky. Okada, he may have reached too far. Okada is way off in the distance. Moving on. We got a major feud being planned for WWE television. And this is something that I am going to be very, very interested about. Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Apparently, we're getting a major feud between two factions that are going to be split with the split of the LWO. Rey Mysterio is now out with a knee injury. He's out with a knee injury several months, and he was working hurt, and he opted to get surgery. He lost the title, the United States title, that is, at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia to Logan Paul. He was written, written off television uh, this, no, last week, not this week. This week, Santos cut the promo. Last week on SmackDown, because Santos Escobar turned heel and attacked him because Escobar felt Mysterio was siding with Carlito. While speaking on the Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that Mysterio dealt with the injury for three months and will be out of action for at least a month and a half. He says, and I quote, so the deal with Ray is going to be, he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. He had a torn meniscus for three months. And Meltzer goes on to say the idea was that because of the Logan Paul match and also the angle, but mainly the Logan Paul match being in Saudi, he wanted to stay. Basically, the deal was that he was going to stay for Saudi to lose to Logan Paul and then immediately do the angle with Santos. End quote. Now, many fans felt the heel turn was rushed with Santos Escobar. Maybe, but with Ray Hurt, I understand why they had to do that. Meltzer pointed out they could have started doing teases before then. The plan is there for it to be a group versus group feud when Mysterio returns. Mysterio and Carlito will take on Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz del Toro, and it's unclear who will get the LWO name or if WWE will continue to use it. Meltzer says, and I quote, 
But it's going to be group versus group. Carlito will be with Ray, and Santos will be, at least right now, Cruz and Joaquin Wild. I don't know where Zelina is going. So that's the situation there. Now, I'll get back to that in a second. There is backstage news on the Santos-Escobar heel turn. Escobar turned heel last week on Mysterio, as you guys know. He's now out selling the injury, but he's also legitimately hurt with a knee injury. PW Insider reports that after being asked by readers whether Escobar's heel turn was done due to the injury to Rey Mysterio, it was always planned. And had Rey not gotten hurt, they would have done right into the live events doing Rey versus Escobar. So that is the news there on Santos Escobar and his heel turn. It was going to happen regardless of what happened with Rey Mysterio. I'm excited about this. The promo that Santos cut on Friday night was fucking tremendous stuff. He's got the look. He's got the feel. He's got the heat. He looked fantastic. He looked like a a fucking absolute beast out there. And I love the way he was so animated, looked directly into the heart camera and told Ray that he hopes his surgery fails and that he never comes back and that he loses his leg. I mean, I, I loved it. I thought it was great stuff. Now, with what happened after the promo, Zelina came out, slapped him in the face. Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro, they were attacked as they were trying to leave the ring after talking to Santos, trying to level with him. Santos attacked both of them. I don't know what's going to happen there. You would think that Santos would be on his own now, turning heel, and that slowly the story would be that he starts to get Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro back on his side. Now, that could still very well be where the storyline is going. I don't know. But at the end of the day, right now, it's Ray versus Santos. Who's going to be on Santos' side and who's going to be on Ray's side? Dragon Lee is another name that WWE is pushing as a big deal. A Mexican superstar, luchador. You don't think WWE wants to make Lucha, Lucha Libre a safe space in WWE? That's the reason why they're pushing Dragon Lee. I mean, they had him go out there and have a banger with Axiom from NXT. Again, narrative. They want to make it a safe place. Hey, Lucha Libre, come on in. We're welcoming all forms of pro wrestling here. There you go. And SmackDown, believe it or not, could use some sort of that type of action. I love to see a banger wrestling match on Friday night. Normally, it's just boring. And if Dragon Lee does that, great. Dragon Lee wrestled Axiom last night because he wanted to do it in honor of Rey Mysterio getting hurt from Santos. So Dragon Lee, Rey Mysterio, and Carlito. One side, Santos. Who's going to be on Santos' side? Is it going to be Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro? Are they going to maybe wake up here? I don't know. Could be. Or, if you guys have been paying attention to social media, Angel Garza. Angel Garza has been very, very, very adamant about what's going on. He is keeping a close eye on what's happening kind of speaking in, in emoji on, on social media regarding this Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar stuff. Could we see Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo get called up? Could this be their return to the main roster to team with Santos in this new legato? I don't know. So where does that leave Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro? Legato back in NXT was great. Their whole mission statement was to rebuild the Lucha Libre image in their own, to recreate it, make it their own. Santos wanted to be the face of Lucha Libre. He wanted to do Lucha Libre the way he wants to do Lucha Libre. He looked down on people like Rey Mysterio. That's the whole thing. 
I love where it went. I love the fact that he called out Carlito, an outsider. I looked up to you. I looked to you as a father figure. I want people to think about me when they think of Lucha Libre and not you. I mean, this has got the makings of a great feud. Santos versus Ray leading to a WrestleMania match? Sign me up. And then we get Santos feuding with Dragon Lee. Sign me up. This is great stuff. This could be the next big thing next year for WWE if they play their cards right. Honestly. Looking forward to it. Drew McIntyre also turned heel. Backstage news on Drew McIntyre's heel turn. Apparently, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select reported that McIntyre's turn was planned internally for at least a couple of months. Wow. I mean, all you got to do is watch the fucking show. I mean, that's what people are paying $5 for. Great. Like, we didn't know that one. I'm looking forward to McIntyre's heel turn as well. It could potentially lead to Randy Orton coming back and teaming with Cody Rhodes as the fifth man for the War Games uh, Survivor Series match. I think Drew McIntyre is going to do very well as a heel, and it could be what ultimately leads him to staying with WWE as he is also set to become a free agent in 2024. Cody Ibushi. He signed with AEW months before the announcement was actually made. Dave Meltzer pointed out that Ibushi had actually been with AEW for months. As mentioned on social media, Tony Khan signed him and announced him as All Elite. Ibushi does not have a matchbook for full gear, but he is now completely with AEW. He did wrestle with the Golden Jets, Jericho and Omega. And big show against the Don Callis family in the Like a Dragon street fight. Just completely out there. Unbelievable. Just wild, crazy carnage on Dynamite. And Ibushi announced in October in an interview with HD Subs that he had joined AEW but was still allowed to work with other companies. He also revealed that he actually signed with AEW in July. So... For him to be used in the capacity he was at All In, they had signed him well before that. So, Kota Ibushi is signed. He is AEW. He is All Elite. And no, he is not the name that Tony Khan was mentioning for tonight's Full Gear pay-per-view. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. I do not expect him to be announced tonight at Full Gear. And one other news and note. On WWE here, we have WrestleMania. Apparently, WWE is changing the look of their TV shows on WrestleMania weekend. The presentation of events, including WWE Raw, NXT Stand, and Deliver, and SmackDown, will be different on WrestleMania 40 weekend when they hold these shows at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia next year. As previously reported... WWE is planning to have the arena open to full capacity based on ticket maps for the shows, which WrestleTix first revealed. It will see the smaller tunnel set up for the past events, including Backlash, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series, but not or by not having the big sets, it allows for more fans to attend. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that WWE's decision to make the change comes down to being able to sell more tickets and money. The feeling is that with all the tourists in town and the brand being hot, they will be able to sell more tickets and drive more revenue. Plus, it saves on arena costs. 
Raw and SmackDown will be set up for 18,553 tickets instead of the normal 13,000 ticket range. I just want the shows to look and feel different normally. WWE is going to make them look differently during WrestleMania 40 weekend. And the reason is, yeah, more ticket sales. Yeah, it is WrestleMania 40. It should be celebrated. It's a big milestone. But also, it's the first WrestleMania under the Endeavor umbrella. And it may be the last Vince McMahon WrestleMania ever. So, yeah, I would like it to be different on a normal day. But hopefully, those changes after WrestleMania weekend is over... Hopefully we get some changes that differentiate Raw from SmackDown and SmackDown from Raw and Raw from NXT and SmackDown from NXT. I think we're going to see changes anyway. When NXT moves to CW, when SmackDown moves to USA, and when Monday Night Raw finds its new home, I think we're going to get new sets. I think we're going to get new logos. I think we're going to get new themes. Everything's going to be from ground zero. So yeah, WWE is going to change the look of their TV events. For WrestleMania weekend, doesn't really come as a surprise. Guys, thank you very much for joining me on this afternoon stream here this Saturday afternoon, Full Gear weekend. Let's get into the Super Chats real quick. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on this Saturday afternoon. Please make sure you follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. And please hit that thumbs up, guys. Let's try for 1,000 likes today on this special OTS Live this Saturday afternoon. Jesse and I will be live after Full Gear this evening. Michelle with a $2 super chat. Rhonda is the huge signing. TK bombed big time. No, Rhonda is not the big signing. I don't know why anybody thinks Rhonda's the big signing. Travis Drum with 15 months. Thank you, Travis. Proud to be an OTS VIP. Thanks for everything. TNT is the best podcast. Thank you, brother. Drew and I love what we've created on Tuesday nights. Shannon Lee with a 499. Hey, JD, glad to be here. OTS for life. Thank you, Shannon. And Frank Morano with a $10 super chat. Osprey has stated a few times he did not want to move away from the United Kingdom. I think that was a major factor in any decision. TK would grant that wish. Just my opinion, WWE would want him to uproot his family to the United States. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, guys, I am about to get out of here. I appreciate you hanging out with me on this Saturday afternoon. Again, Jesse and I will be live after full gear tonight for all the coverage. It's going to be a lot of it, man. I'll be tweeting live tonight at JD from NY206 on Twitter. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo as well. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and all the content that you might have missed is all on the homepage for you, man. Sarit Mohanty with seven months. With Cody's interference during SmackDown, does it lead to Solo and Jimmy interfering next week on Raw and going to add it to War Games on the heel team? Listen, man, I, I hope so. I hope so. 
Just give me an explanation as to why he's there. Let's start there. Anyway, guys, big night, full gear tonight. Jesse and I live tonight for full gear and the post show right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.